Welcome, everybody, to Three Wide in the Middle. I am, of course, your host, Thomas Brandon, joined by my man, Keith the Animal Bradley. What's up, Keith? What's going on, Tommy? Uh, are you ready for the holidays, man? Done your Christmas shopping yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. At the time that you guys are listening to this, I am going to actually be down in Mexico, and luckily uh, they don't celebrate Christmas like we do, so I won't need as many Christmas presents this year, which is uh, which is a good thing. But uh, but lucky yeah, you. so <laughs> what's up? I said lucky you. Yeah, lucky me, exactly. That's so uh, I'm looking forward to it. But today we got a little bit of a different pod for you guys. Like I said, we're kind of – in between right now, we just had, of course, you know, but everybody, all the seasons ended towards the end of November there. We had the Gateway Nationals. I mean, there are a couple events. We do got Chili Bowl coming up, so that's definitely a big one happening on, I think that starts January 10th. So we'll be looking forward to that. But today we're going to be doing a Legends of the Track. And, you know, this is the, the driver we're going to talk about today is he's one of my all time favorites. Um, you know, growing up here in Northern California, you know, to have that when the outlaws came through, if you were a sprint car fan, it was a big deal. It's not like, you know, living in, in Pennsylvania or Indiana where they come through multiple times and hit multiple tracks. I mean, they, they come through here, right. They, they had a early, early season West coast swing where they would hit a couple tracks and then they would come back through towards the end of the season and they would hit a few more and, and that was all we got to see him. And this guy was always somebody that I I I just I loved watching. And he is one of my favorite, not just sprint car drivers, one of my favorite drivers of all time. And he was just incredible. When you talk about being on the throttle, on the gas, I mean, this guy just represented that. And he had the nickname uh the wild child and he absolutely lived up to it until the, his last days on the track which i was lucky enough to be at here at the world finals um here in november and we're talking about jack hoddenshield and jack hoddenshield to me is and it's funny because keith you actually said this before we went live and this was the example that i was going to use he is to me the the mark martin of sprint car racing right he has an illustrious career. He has uh, hundreds and hundreds of wins, right? over 300 wins in a year or in a career that was, you know, 40 years long, right? I mean, you're, it's it's insane. And when you look at the the wins that he had, at the events that he had them, some of the biggest events to ever happen in not just sprint car racing, but dirt track racing, period, he won them. And the one thing he never got was an outlaw championship. And he it just so happens that he falls into that category of drivers or athletes, right? When you talk about the greats, that they just happen to be in the same era as not only other greats, but some of the best of all time, right? When you talk about Hoddenshield, he just happened to live during a time of Kinzer and Swindell. When you look at, you know, it's like Charles Barkley, right? I mean, the poor guy happened to be around during the time of Michael Jordan, along with every other person that played in the 90s in the NBA, you know? Um, but you look at Mark Martin, right? I mean, Mark Martin had a, a NASCAR season that would have won the points championship 
every year the previous five years or five years after that year. And it just so happened that that year was the year that Jeff Gordon went out and won 13 races. You know what I mean? Like it just was that one season that unfortunately he put it all together, Mark Martin, but Gordon just put it together that much better. And that was Hodgenshield. He came close the year that Blaney won it. He was a hundred, I think it was 120 or 130 points behind Blaney. And, you know, he just never got that close again. But he is without a doubt one of, I mean, not just like I said, my favorites, but one of the greatest sprint car drivers of all time, in my opinion. And we're gonna gonna talk a little bit about him today. Um, you know, just kind of some of our my favorite of uh, you know races that I got to see him at, and you know Keith's gonna talk some about it too. But for me, I watching Jack Hodenshield to me was he was everything that I wanted to be as a race car driver. And although my racing experience, like I've said before, was very limited. Um, when I would get to see the outlaws come through Silver Dollar Speedway, it was always Hodenshield who I was, you know, wanting to win. And I was fortunate to get to see him do that a couple of times. And he was always somebody that I wanted that like if I if I could have picked a sprint car driver to be like, it would have been him. He was just I've just always been a huge fan of his. And like I said, I was lucky enough to see him at his last race. Um, at the world finals, he actually started up front, you know, we were, I was hope, hoping for a miracle. It didn't happen, but he got to, got to run, which was really, really cool. So Jack Hodgenshields, who we're going to be talking about in today's episode, you guys, but anyways, Keith, what are your, what are your thoughts when you think about Jack Hodgenshield as a driver? What do you, what's the first thing that you think of? Oh man, he's fearless. Absolutely. Just, and yeah. He's got a steel set of balls. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I think of too, man. This, I, there's not a driver. I shouldn't say there's not, but there's very few that I would put in his category in terms of putting the car in places you wouldn't expect to see it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why they called him the wild child. Yeah, absolutely. He was always on edge and he always put on a show. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately his racing career became, came to an end at the end of this season. Fortunately, Sheldon drives just like him. Exactly. That is true. His son does drive just like him. His son, I actually think next year at the, at the start of this pod, when I started doing it a few months back, Sheldon was actually my dark horse to give Sweet a run for the money in the championship because that was when he had had that month where he was averaging like a like a top three or four finish he had had like eight races where he finished in the top five and had a few wins like he was on fire and he he's one of those guys that went man when when he's on he's just like his dad man there's very few people that can hang with them in terms of speed man and 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 putting that car just in just on the razor's edge it's it's incredible to watch yeah and me and our friend Wade Fields, we went to Let's Race 2. And then on top of that, we went to the foreground. And we were sitting watching the wing races. And we're not we're not big on wing racing. I like it. But it's one of the things where I got to be in the mood to like it. And we were mm-hmm. sitting watching Sheldon. And I was like, Wade, Sheldon reminds me exactly of Jack. Mm-hmm. Just the way he drives. It's like watching the younger version of Jack just... Sheldon and putting the car up on the wall like Jack would do being risky 
something Jack would do. I compare Jack and Timez kind of because they're go big or go home. <laughs> yeah. Bring the steering wheel back and we're good. <laughs> yeah. But Jack Hoddenshield, man, I'm. And I mean, unfortunately, he was, like you said, with the Kinsers and the Swindells. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. But the man put on a show that he could drive a wing sprint car. He drove it on edge. It, it was insane to watch if you got to experience it in person. Unfortunately, he retired. Yeah. Yes, he did. And, you know, for for me, um, getting to see him, where, like I said, where I where I first really became a huge fan was at the gold cup and here at silver dollar. And we went the first time in, Oh my God, when was that? It had to be 96 or 97. It was 97, 97. It had to be 97. Cause I was in like seventh or eighth grade. So it had to be 1997. But I remember we went and Hoddenshield was obviously there, that, the Outlaws, you know. And that was 97. I want to say that was the year that Blaney won it. I could have my history mixed up. It was Blaney or Hillenburg? Andy Hillenburg. I might have that. I might have those mixed up. But anyways, but I remember my my best friend uh Josh his mom she was a big Andy Hillenberg fan that was her that was her guy she she loved Andy Hillenberg and when we were there and I saw that that Pennzoil 22 car I just I was like I don't that guy is awesome like I just you know cuz as at that time you know I'm watching sprint car racing on TV you know what I mean but you're not when you when you first see the outlaws in person it's just it's just different right like there's something different about it like you can go watch you know wherever you're at in in the country you can go watch the competitive traveling series that they have in your area or your state right you can go watch your local dirt track stars but when the outlaws come to town it's just different right like you can just look at those cars and they're you're just like oh my god those things are just different they're Obviously, yes, they put more money into them and they've got more spit and polish and, you know, the haulers are not and all that stuff like that. But when you just watch the drivers, right, the way that they, I mean, obviously their skill level and stuff. And when I saw Hoddenshield for the first time, I was like, that guy, like he stood out above all the other guys that were amazing, right? It's like, look, here's the greatest dirt, the greatest sprint car drivers, right? Wing sprint car drivers in the world. And out of all of them, the one that sticks out to me is that guy in the Pennzoil car. Like, it was, you know what I mean? Like, it was just incredible. And I remember in the first year that we went, and like I said, I, I had, it was sometime around the mid to late 90s. And we went, and I was pulling for Hodgeshield, and he didn't win. And then the next two years that we went, he won. And it was incredible. It was awesome to see him win. And... The, the first year that he won, because if you haven't seen Silver Dollar Speedway before, it's got, it, it, there's no wall, okay? It doesn't have a wall ar- around it. So it's uh, it's this high banked quarter mile. It's super fast for a quarter mile. And he was literally on top 
of like I mean there he was on top of that peak. I mean it was incredible to see him put his right rear on the lip, like on the literal edge of the corner, just lap after lap after lap. It was amazing. And when I saw him do that, win gold cup, that was, it, that, I mean, that just solidified it for me. I was like, I'm sold that <laughs> that's my man. It was absolutely incredible, man. And that was when I like really became a hardcore fan and I followed him ever since. And it was, it was awesome. Yeah, that, that is, that is pretty awesome. Like, it's it's gonna be funny that when I started liking Jack was uh, probably two thousand three. Like I followed the Outlaws before then, just didn't really pay attention to it a whole whole lot. And then the World of Outlaw two thousand two video game came out, and I always raced as Jack Audenshield because his car was that bright pinsoil yellow and it stuck out. And it I like cars that kind of stick out like a sore thumb, so I. Became a fan of Jacks through the video game, then started watching him and was like, okay, this guy is a God given badass and can do anything he wants behind the wheel of a sprint car. Yes, absolutely. And he, and he wasn't afraid to do it. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah, he was, um, he was incredible, man. And, uh, to watch him run all those years. You know, and uh, everybody remembers the 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 Penzo car. You know, the the yellow car. But you know, he he had his some of his biggest moments in that car. Um, but my watching him win at Gold Cup was incredible. I mean, it was it was amazing to get to see him do that back to back in what was it ninety ninety seven ninety eight. Um, but probably my favorite race of all time for him it wasn't it wasn't a special event it wasn't uh you know like it wasn't you know like the it wasn't the big one or or the king's royal or you know something like that the, the classic right it was just a outlaw race at the the las vegas speedway on the dirt track at las vegas and it was only and it was only a a couple of years, maybe a year or two after we had watched him win at Gold Cup. And we were at Vegas and they were running, I want to say two nights at Vegas. And the first night we went, it, the, the track wasn't very good, right? Now, keep in mind, you got a dirt track and you're in the desert. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a dirt track in the desert, right? So we were kind of like, I don't really, you know, we were there to actually watch the NASCAR, the the Outlaws and the and the Cup Series were at the Vegas at Vegas together, and so we were there to actually watch the Cup guys. And it was like, look, the Outlaws are running. Let's go watch the Outlaws at the half mile. And so we went and we were out there, and we were in the pits. We were actually sitting in the pits in turns one and two. And so the first night, you know, the track, it was kind of had some like a sandy consistency to it. And the racing was okay. It wasn't nothing great. And then that next night we're there and the track for whatever they did to it, I don't know, but it was really tacky. And the, 
the dirt, the clay that they had there, I don't even know if you would call it clay. Well, I don't even know what it was, but it was weird because like I said that, you know, it had this sandy consistency to it. But I remember after the race walking out there on the track and like you would walk on the track where the, the groove that, that Hodden shield had been running. And it was like, you know, when you walk in a move, walk through a movie theater, right? Like everyone spills their sodas. And you can almost feel it. Like your, your shoe stick into it. Like it pulls your shoe off your foot where it's all, you know, it's all stuck. Like that's how it was. Like the track was like gummy. It was sticky. And Hodden shield was running like probably fifth or sixth. And everybody had been running kind of, like a this middle bottom line and all of a sudden hod starts throwing this like slider line where he was like pitching this thing sideways and sliding up to that that you know sticky you know tacky part of the track and he just started picking people off and i remember stevie smith was leading the race and he had been he was walking the pack like it, it he was the car to beat and Hodge straight tracked him down and passed him with like two laps to go. And it was incredible. Dude, the place went nuts when he passed him. And it was something, it was a slide job that you would see on a video game. Like that's what it looked like, man. Like he pitched that thing sideways, that thing went up there. And then all of a sudden when it got that part of the track, it just stuck. It just like, boom, hit. And he was gone. And he ended up winning the race. And it was it was just incredible to see him do that. Cause like I said, at that time, that was, you know, late nineties, you know, and it was just awesome to see him to win that race. And at that, I, I don't think he, I actually think that was, I think it was his first year that he wasn't in the Pennzoil car, if I'm remembering correctly. Cause I don't think he was running the Pennzoil car at, at that time. Um, I think he was running the, was it the 83 car or something like that? He had a, it was a different car, but yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. So yeah, that was my favorite one because he was doing, he was the, like we talked about before, he was the one guy running this line that nobody else was doing, right? Nobody else was running it. And he just, he put it on him, man. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. See, and that, that's what I liked about him is he, he put on a show. Yes, and absolutely. It's like watching Timez get go in a wing car. Yeah, <laughs> like to the T. And yep. and Jack would, if guys were on the bottom, Jack be ramping the wall down. Funny that we talk about it. Sheldon doing the same thing this year. Yep, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's funny because it, they're they drive very, very, very similar. And my favorite memory of Jack or experience with Jack in person was um, this past year. Me and Wade went to the Bristol race when they put dirt on it for the first time since 2002. And they unveiled Jack's Pennzoil car with Rico Abreu yeah. before practice started. That, that, was, that was really cool. It was, it was cool to see that car in person. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I bet when we were at the world finals, um, me and, uh, Chris Vicotti, who I was about, who I went out there and stayed with for it. And we were walking through the, um, you know, the merchandise area where everyone's got their trailers and stuff like that. And we went over and 
I was like, I want to go get something of Hodden Shields. I'm like, this is his last race. I'm like, I've got to get something of Hodden Shields. And we went over there and they had these wing panels, the Pennzoil wing panels from his Pennzoil car. And I was like, do you, they just had one on display. And I was like, do you guys sell these? And the lady was like, yes. And I was like, I want one. And she's like, that's going to be uh, like, it was like 40 or 50 bucks. I'm like, I don't care. I just want one. It could be a hundred. I just want the damn <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. I just want it, man. And I was going to go out and get him. I wanted to go out and have him sign it. It's it's probably my biggest regret of the weekend. I wanted to have him go out and sign it, but because of the the weather and them changing the um the start times of the of the race that weekend i didn't get a chance to man because my because of the time my flight was leaving and stuff like that so we didn't get a chance to go to the pits that was the one regret but i mean i still got the wing panel so that was cool but yeah yeah i want i wanted to go get his autograph so bad man but it was like freaking bone chilling cold and at the end of the races, my flight was leaving in just a couple of hours. Like we had to go back and I had to get my, you know, cause we were like an hour away where we were staying. Oh, so wow. yeah. So we were, we were, cause I was actually staying in South Carolina and we were driving up to, to, you know, Charlotte. So, so yeah, we had to get back. So that was the only thing, man, that the weather kind of screwed that up for me, dude, because otherwise I was going to go, we were going to go to the pit so I could get his autograph. But well, I guess the, I guess the good thing is, is when they go to the West coast this year, I'm sure he'll be there at some point with Sheldon. I mean, you don't must think. I, I'd hope so. I'd hope so. That would be cool, man. If he was at the, if he was at gold cup or something. Yeah, that would be awesome. See, I'm, I'm since I was a racer and I'd, I mean, I didn't race with the outlaws or anything, but like, I'm so weird now about getting big name drivers autographs. It just, I don't know. weirds me out to ask another driver for an autograph. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I can see that. The the best thing that I did this past racing season with a Hodden shield is me. When we all went to the let's race two race and it was same situation as you, it was raining as colder and, all get out and we were walking through the front gate up in where the concession stands are and Sheldon and Jack was walking past me. I'm a big Sheldon fan because of his dad. Yeah. And I got my NOS energy sweatshirt, Sheldon sweatshirt on, got my alcoholic beverage koozie (laughs) Sheldon and it's got female parts on the, on the front of it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and and uh, Sheldon was walking past, and I was like, Sheldon, will you sign my boobs? And he kind of looked at me real funny. I was like, it's it's on my koozie. <laughs> and and I, I I was like, I I gotta get a picture with him. Why not? We're yeah. standing here, and I regret not asking Jack to get in the picture because he was standing with with Sheldon. So he's probably like, all right, I got a bigger name than than my son. Okay, whatever. And he just kept walking. <laughs> Wade was like, I can't I can't believe you didn't ask him to get in the picture. I was like, I did honestly, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. I you know, that's the thing, man, is that 
you have those moments and you're just like, oh my God, dude, why didn't I think about that? But just in the moment, yeah. you know, it's so easy to look back on and be like, God, why didn't I do that? But then at the time you just don't think about it, you know? And that was the thing, like I was saying with the, you know, with the weather and the pits and stuff, you, you, you're like, oh, we're just thinking we got to go. You know what I mean? Same thing uh, for you. And, yeah. And like with the weather, it puts the whole thing in a time crunch with the racing too. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing, man. <laughs> everything and like when we were in bristol and i was blowing sheldon's twitter up to get him to sign this koozie because i thought it was funny <laughs> and, uh, when we were standing there getting the picture i was like yeah i blew your twitter up at bristol and where me and wade was camping we were not even a football field away from where all the outlaw drivers had their coaches parked yeah had it all off. he's like why didn't you just walk up here we were all <laughs> camping right there i was like yeah dude Two goons like me and Wade come walking through. That ain't gonna stick out like a sore thumb. I was like, I, I couldn't do that. That you I know, didn't even you for a picture just because I'm I'm weird about that now. Yeah, yeah. That was all. You know, that's probably the one thing that I always enjoyed the most about going to the outlaw races was. But we, especially the events where we were there, like when we went to Calistoga for the weekend or obviously Gold Cup, we would stay there for, you know, the whole weekend with, you know, it would be, it used to be three nights. Now I think it's only two nights if I remember correctly, but you're there for the whole weekend and the drivers would come out to the campgrounds, you know what I mean? After the races and you'd be out there drinking with them. Yeah. You'd you be know? out there partying with yeah. the outlaw drivers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be awesome, man. And it's so it's so cool because it's the, the to me they're the only they're like the only professional athletes, right? Like that are that accessible, exactly. right? Yeah, you can interact with them and it's yeah. easy. Mm -hmm. Like I like like me personally, I like I like talking racing with them. Just cuz I I like racing and I like talking it and uh I I can't even remember who it was now, but I talked his head off. It was Tony Stewart, actually. That same weekend, he was greeting everybody coming in through the gates. Really? And, uh, yeah, and it, I've never seen a track promoter or owner do anything like that. He's shaking everybody's hand as they came in, thanking them for showing up, even though it was in the middle of the COVID stuff or the end or the beginning, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And, of course, me, I had one too many things to drink. Yeah. So I, I ended up talking his ear off and I can only imagine what he was thinking, but <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. I, I, uh, I've actually, I never personally talked to Tony Stewart, the guy who I used to do midgets with Terry caves. Tony had driven for him a couple of times. And when we were at copper, I think it was the copper world classic. Terry had, gone up and said hi to him and stuff like that along with with schrader kenny schrader and i was you know i was all you know i was like 16 or 17 at the time so i was kind of nervous you know what i mean like i didn't want to go up there and you know talk. i didn't know him you know what i mean and it was like yeah i'm with this other guy who does but i was just kind of like hanging back and yeah they just go up there and they're just talking racing you know just how's it going talking you know talking about the car and stuff and it's it's really cool that you can do that with with drivers. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's and, unlike any other sport. And if you catch them like when they're not in the middle of heat races and stuff, and at the end of the night's the best because they're they're I don't know not as stressed. Yes. As they are 
Yeah, yeah. You if you're catching them before their qualifying run, they're not going to want to chat very much. But you can sit there and yeah. just talk their ear off, whether yep. they shoo you away or not. But what I thought was really funny is when we met Tony. I started to talk to him, and he gave me that look like, "All right, guy, just keep <laughs> here. You've had too much to drink tonight." And uh, the one podcast that we did where we talked about me and Brian Clausen being teammates. That team owner that I drove go-karts for was really good friends with Tony Stewart. Oh, really? I was standing there with Wade. I was like, hey, I bet if I throw this name out, he'll <laughs> talk. And I did. And he's like, how do you know them? Explained it. And I I think Wade said I stood there and talked to him for almost an hour. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Yeah, it was neat because, like, we talked we talked uh, Chase Briscoe stuff. We talked non-wing sprint car stuff. We actually talked about him. This was when he was coming out with YouTube videos of him going through the training for NHRA. I know yeah. that's incredible that he's doing that. I, oh, it's, awesome. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, the guy, there's nothing that, that the guy won't drive. Nothing. So yeah, it's incredible. That's another guy with the balls of steel. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And you know, that's the, you know, to, to, to circle around to, um, back to Jack, that was the thing about him. It, I mean, obviously he's known as a wing driver, but he also raced USAC too. I mean, obviously he wasn't running it all the time, but he won a half a dozen USAC races too. Like the guy could drive anything and he's be got, good at it. He's, yeah. He was a really good non-wing guy. And mm-hmm. that's how Sheldon got started. There's actually videos of Sheldon racing non-wing cars at Kokomo. But what I, what a lot of people don't know is the Mopar Million at back in 03 was the highest paying non-wing race. They had 138 entries and Jack Hoddenshield won $200,000. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's incredible. Yeah. He won some of the biggest races ever, you know. Oh, he, it, about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He won the the I mean the first the inaugural the historical big one at Eldora. And I was a hundred thousand to win. He won the King's Royal three times, 87, 94 and 98. He also won the grand annual sprint car classic. That was back before I was born. And then, <laughs> yeah, you know, the Mopar million, like you said, and then he won, you know, the gold cup race in, you know, 98, 99. And then he won it again in 08. I, I wasn't at the 08 one. Unfortunately, I was actually at that time. I was, I was not doing racing and I was, I was, a uh, on a different path of life at that time, you know, with the whole drug problem and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, he's won some huge races, man. What's funny about Jack and the non-wing stuff. It's funny that he won his first ever non-wing race at my home track in 81. Oh, really? Back in 1981, he won his first non-wing race at Lawrenceburg Speedway. That was back when it was a true quarter mile. Wow. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, because that same year is when he won the Grand Classic at in Australia because he was driving for a team that had the Gambler house car that Kenny Rogers sponsored. Yes, uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, He that was the car owned by, uh, oh, what's his name? Casey Spurlock? Spurlock. Yep. Or C.K. Spurlock. Casey Spurlock was the drag racer. C.K. Spurlock. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's right. CK Spurlock. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that's right. The Gambler House car. I remember that. Or I remember I shouldn't say I remember that. That was before my time. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, because yeah. I mean who 
thought Kenny Rogers would have been in to sprint car racing. I know but... exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but that is that's perfect though. I mean, you, you're talking about the, the you got the 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 wild child in the gambler the gambler sprint car sponsored by yeah. Kenny Rogers. That's a that's a great great combination. <laughs> that's oh, insane. That's yeah, yeah. So definitely, uh, definitely awesome driver, man. Like I, I, I said, would, he was amazing. I would honestly compare Jack to the '80s '90s version of Kyle Larson. Just no championships, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, I he, I I could I can definitely see that he obviously is one of those guys, and he never obviously did pavement and stuff like that, like Larson did. And I don't no. recall Hodenshield running a midget. For, I think Hodenshield might have ran the Chili Bowl. Ran the Chili Bowl a couple yeah. times for Indy Race Parts for Bernie. Up yeah. In Indy. But other than that, I don't think he did a lot of midget racing and stuff uh, like you said. He did some other than the Chili Bowl. Yeah, and he did some some USAC sprint car stuff. Um, but yeah, he's just one of those, you could put him in, in, in anything to Any me on dirt. dirt. Yeah. Other than a late model. I don't think he's ever raced a late model. He may have, I, I could be, I don't think late. he raced the late model. I think he might have raced anything with the sprint car in it. On modified. Dirt. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Anything open wheel dirt, he's going to be able to do, um, you know, just to, to have the career that he had, right? When you, like I said, over over 300 wins in 40 years, 72 I mean, on the Outlaws, you know what I mean? It's just... into the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame in yeah, 2000. Yeah, think about I mean, that. He got inducted into the Sprint Car Hall while of Fame still while he's still racing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 12 years ago. And he's just now retiring, you know what I mean? It's um, It was incredible. And he won... Like I said, some of the biggest races was, there are in the world. I was actually really hoping he'd snab some good big wins this year to go out with a bang. I know he won a couple times at Sharon. Yeah. But yeah. I was really, really hoping he would win a couple outlaw races to show, hey, this old guy still got it. I was hoping that too, man. And like I said, he was at the world finals, man. He actually was running pretty good. And he was in the 93 car yeah and... his... what i think the 93 was his car like his yeah personal... that was like his well sheldon put the car together it was sheldon's yeah. car for the event yeah but uh yeah it, it was um he he was fast man he 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 was running pretty good dude and he i i was pulling for him to to hopefully get a, a podium you know maybe a top five something and uh unfortunately that last night he, he, was, he wrecked he was running really good at the uh four crown too and unfortunately he got upside down yeah ended his night pretty early but he was back to mm-hmm. the old fashioned jack hodden shield doing yep things <laughs> yeah i know well didn't he start up was it the was it the key which one was it king's royal or knoxville nationals didn't he start on like the pole for one of those um i think he was i thought he started on the pole for one of those because i remember i watched the replay and i know it was a big one and i was like oh my god hodgenshield's on the pole i think it was i think it was the nationals i think it was knoxville nationals he was actually on the pole for it and Ended up obviously not winning, but yeah, he, he showed flashes, man. It was, uh, it was good to see him, you know, at least get to go out racing, which was, which was cool. So definitely, 
definitely going to be a and and the good driver thing missed is Sheldon's right there to fill his shoes because if it if it'd be one person to fill Jack's shoes, it'll be Sheldon. Oh, obviously, yes. I mean, he he drives mm-hmm. just like him, and it's he unbelievable. Does. Yeah. So, so yeah, the wild child will definitely live on with the the wild child's child. So, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see. Like I said. He was my dark Sheldon was my dark horse to win this this season. Obviously that didn't happen, but he is my my pick for next year to see who to for the championship. I think I think now that now that him and that NOS team have been together a few seasons, like you can really start to see them gel. And I think that's something a lot of people don't take into consideration. You know, a lot of people don't take the team aspect into consideration on the dirt, but it matters. It does. I mean, you look at, you know, Brad Sweet with that, you know, those those guys on the Napa team, right? Those guys have been together for a few seasons now, right? Yeah, like it's, it's, for a while. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? They've been together for a while, so. And, and, you know, like I know, we've been in the racing community for a while. You as a, a crew guy, me as a driver, it, it takes time to earn the trust. But yes, I mean, the unfortunate thing for Sheldon, not to turn it into a big Sheldon topic, is his tire guy actually retired at the end of this season. Oh, really? Year. I didn't know that. He is stepping away from sprint car competition. Oh, wow. So, I did not know unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, Sheldon have a new tire guy next season. And it kind of stinks because I think they were just getting the gel molded. And and he was my dark horse this year. Of course, he'll be my dark horse next year. Try not to be biased because I'm a big Sheldon fan. Yeah. But I feel like if there's two people that can knock Sweet off, it's David Gravel and Sheldon. Yeah, I think so. I, 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 those two guys are good. I think, I think Shuhart could have a chance too if the guy could have some freaking yeah, luck. Yeah, if Shuhart can find a golden horseshoe somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I tell you what, not not why we're talking more about all stuff. Yeah. Me and Wade actually had the the chance to meet Logan at Bristol. We somehow found our way into the pits in the middle of the racetrack at Bristol there. And there was a guy giving an interview to Logan and hell we stood there and chit chatted with Logan talking about a good, a good dude. And I mean, you could just tell that he was real humbled. Yeah. It's rare to find popular sprint car drivers that are humble. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I, he's another guy that I, that I like pulling for. He's, he's definitely got the speed. So, so yeah, next, next season will, will be a lot of fun, but yeah, as, as for, as for the wild child, that's our, that's our legend of the track. He definitely, definitely one of my favorites, man. Um, when it comes to, like I said, not just sprint car racing, but just racing in general, always someone I liked rooting for. And, uh, it was cool to be at his, to be at his last race. And you know, like I said, it was cool to see him win the gold cup and stuff like that. So it'll be, uh, it'll be sad to see him go, but like you, like we were saying, you know, Sheldon's there to, to fill those shoes in terms of the show, you know, putting on a show. Cause he, he can definitely do that. Absolutely, he can, yeah. and I, like I said, he, he he's a little wild child. Yes, exactly. So, but that's gonna do it all for our legends of the track. But before we actually wrap up today, we're gonna be doing the. We actually, I forgot to do this the last two episodes because we had Keith on with with Keith here on the show. Now I forgot to forgot to do it, but we've got the 
Ask Tommy portion of the show. Now, it's not just Ask Tommy anymore. It's Ask Tommy or Keith, whatever you guys want to ask us. And that's actually a good thing that this person who... I Did he want me to say this? Okay, Jeff. It's a good thing that Jeff figured that out after the last episode because he actually emailed in. Now, if you guys want to ask us a question, any question, doesn't matter. It could be racing, whatever. I don't really care, like I said before. The email is asktommy35 at gmail.com. So just send an email and we'll read it out here on the show and answer the question. But this one is to both of us. And for, for me, that my answer is going to be really short. I, he must not know that I don't have much racing experience. But he said, <laughs> he said Tommy, Tommy and Keith, love the show. Well, thank you very much there, Jeff. But, Thanks, uh, Jeff. Yep. But uh, um, he says he wants to know what was our favorite tracks to race at. Well, I'm going to go first because mine's very simple. So, Jeff, I only raced at two tracks. It was in an outlaw cart. I didn't, I shouldn't say only two tracks. There, I, <laughs> I raced at like four or five, but there was only two main ones that I raced at. And that was, that was Cycle Land and Red Bluff. I never raced anything bigger than an outlaw cart. Um, now, my favorite track in terms of when I was working on the cars and going to races and stuff like that. Um, you know, that type of thing. Um, I always, I just, and even though it's like my, my home track, it's for me, silver dollars was always, it's just always been my favorite track that I've gone to. I've always loved it, whether I was, you know, working with a, a local team or when we would be doing like golden state challenge or when the outlaws came on their West coast swing, it was just always my favorite one. Um, like we talked about earlier in the show today, you know, it's just, it's a high banked quarter mile it's fast it's got no wall around it it's just a, a unique little track and so for me that's always been my favorite now i haven't got to go to a bunch of tracks in indiana or pennsylvania or stuff like that so i you know i i never got to do to do that um as a driver or as a, a crew guy so for me it my my selection's pretty limited but keith you actually got to race at some tracks so what was your favorite track to race at um my my favorite racetrack and I'm going to point towards my non-wing time was the early stages of the new three eighths mile Lernsburg It high banked back in when they put the fresh clay down, when they first built it, I think I'd raced on it the second year that it was a three eighths mile. So it, it had fresh clay on it. it. It never slicked off. It was never real slick. It was always super super locked down tacky um it was always hammered down and we always compared it when i was racing to basically eldora we were putting the speeds up at larnsburg at the time comparable to eldora you were that's fast you would fast (laughs) oh my gosh like my first time my second time at larnsburg uh joss moffat one of the track champions came up to me and was like hey you go into turn one, you're not going to lift. And I just kind of gave him that look like, you're absolutely crazy. I will <laughs> lift it. He's like, no, if you lift, you will get ran over. You're, you're going to hang it out there and wide open. You're just going to back it into turn one and not lift. You'll lift a little just to set the car. After that, you're wide open. And it, it was it was hairy. It was scary. It was super, super fast. So, like, my first time actually ripping around there full throttle was – terrifying and then i got over the fear of it once when i figured out okay it'll stick yes the, and, and then it had some character too because you'd go into turn three and there was a dip 
and you, if you didn't hit it right, it'd bike you up on the right front and it would, it would scare the ever living dog crap out of you in hopes that, okay, hopefully I don't hit the wall. Yeah. Lands back on all fours and I can gas it out of here. But yeah, I'd say Lawrenceburg as far as racing and then me as a fan now, my favorite track to go watch is Bloomington. It's a high banked clay, red clay, Georgia red clay oval. I think it's a quarter mile and it, it's a lot like silver dollar. You'd rip around the edge and you could fall off. It It's crazy. Yeah. See, I, I've always, I, I've always loved those, those tracks, man. Um, I like the, I like the high bank tracks with no walls because you've got to flirt with the top. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do, man. And it, to me, I, I personally think that, that especially when it comes to the USAC style racing. So when you talk, whether it's midgets or the, the sprint cars, I've always just been a huge fan of the quarter miles and the three eighths miles. I, to me, like three eighths of a mile is like as big as you, yeah, to me, it's like as big as you want to go, you know, it's just, you know, for those cars, because like you said, you're, you're throttled down, you're hammered down. There's a lot of speed, but it's also, you know, big enough to where it's, and don't get me wrong, you know, the Eldoras and the Knoxvilles and, you know, those, they're, they're awesome tracks, you know what I mean? But to me, the best racing that I've seen from those, the, the non-wing sprints from the USAC sprints have been at, at tracks like that. Um, with, with the exception, there's one exception and that was Manzanita down in Arizona. That track was that that when we were, I was talking earlier about, you know, Jack Hodgeshield, you know, hit three of his three of his races, you know, or in my top ten of, of races that I've gone to in my life. Uh one of them that's in the top three um that I went to was at Manzanita. And it was a we were down at Phoenix for the Copper World Classic and we went over to Manzanita. The SCRA was running and JJ Yaley was running um a sprint car and scra that night because yaley was actually running in the copper world classic and so he just hopped over and was running a sprint car race that night with the scra and him and oh man what's his his nickname was the gas man who was that uh richard griffin griffith Griffith? yeah those guys put on an absolute show Yaley was pitching that thing sideways at the flag stand and backing it into the cushion. It was insane. And we were watching from the infield. We were actually in the infield on a tractor tire there in turns one and two. And for any of you who have ever gone to a dirt track, okay, and you've watched from the grandstands, if you ever have the opportunity to go to a dirt track and watch it from the infield, the the vantage point difference it, it it makes the cars look so much faster. I don't know why that is, but it just so, makes them look so much faster. To to piggyback off that, when we went to the four crown this year, me and Wade, and I can't remember who else was with us. There was two other people with us. But anyway, we decided let's walk up to turn one where the outlaw cars are entering one. And it was just at the point of the night where they were down on the fence running yeah. the bottom inside fence. Let's go stand up next to the fence and get a video of it. And it was terrifying. There yeah. was one time where I seen we both, me and Wade, both seen Zeb Wise 
touched the concrete wall with this front bumper and you could see the dust particles coming off the wall and <laughs> back like all right we're, we're cheating with death here yeah exactly <laughs> it, it's a whole different experience so if yep. any of the listeners are close to eldora or you have plans of going to eldora make sure you get a pit pass and yeah stand yeah. next to the fence it is insane yeah that was always the thing that i loved when we would be traveling with the race team was the with the tracks that we were the pits were in the infield those bigger tracks i always loved watching the races from the infield it's just it's it's like just completely were, different they were going so fast that my phone microphone wouldn't pick up the sound of the engines it's all off yeah cars <laughs> it, it's incredible yeah it, it is Stood there at the fence, took it like a champ. I've turned around and Wade's like 10 feet behind me. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. yeah. It's, it's different. It's way yeah. different. You yeah, can sit up and it is. It's like, oh, they, they ain't going that fast. And then you go to the infield and it's like. Yeah, it's a just, just a different vantage point. You're like, God dang, these guys are flying. But yeah, that yeah. night at Manzanita, yeah, J.J. Yaley, it was insane. We were watching them from the infield care center up on the roof at Eldora. It, it was it was insane. I'm like, dude, these cars are hauling ass. Yep. You go back to the grandstands, it's like, this is boring. I want to go back down to the infield. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Once you watch them from the infield, it, it adds a different perspective to where you're like, oh, my God, they 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 don't look as fast. It, it's so weird how that, how that vantage point changes it, but it does. Yeah. It really does. And what I really like about it is I'm a shorter person. So if I get somebody tall sitting in front of me. I yes. Can't see. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like on the infield to stand up. At least nobody can stand in front of me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I'm with you. I'm scraping the sky at five foot seven. You know what I mean? So anybody, it's in front of me. I can't see. I get somebody an inch taller. I'm like, you got to get. Yep. So, so yeah, Jeff. Those are our favorite tracks to uh to have raced at. Thank you very much for emailing the show. And like I said, you guys, if you want to email the show and ask us a question, it's asktommy35 at gmail dot com. So, but yeah, you guys, that's going to do it all for this show and for the rest of 2021. So thank you guys very much as always for joining us. And we will be back in January, right before the Chili Bowl. We will be back and we'll have a a special Chili Bowl episode. I don't know. We'll do something. I'll figure something out on the plane ride back from Mexico of what we can do for the Chili Bowl, but we'll do something. So. All right, you guys, that'll do it. Thank you, Keith, as always, for joining me. It's been so much more fun with you on here with me. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I look forward to it now. Me too, man. Me too. And once the racing season picks back up, we'll get to every week. But oh, Absolutely. Until then, you guys, thank you very much as always. Happy holidays. Be safe out there, and we will see you in 2022. Take care.